There we go. We are back again for another fantastic episode of Friday Night Counter-Attack. And this one's another type of player team focused one. So we're looking at Chelsea today and we're looking forward to seeing who um, Chelsea are looking at signing before the 1st of September 2022 when the transfer deadline day hits as well. And so far for Chelsea, just like with Man United at the time of speaking, they haven't really signed anyone. So I thought, you know what? Let's get a couple of my mates on who are Chelsea fans. You know a lot about Chelsea and our fellow football coaches like myself as well. So let me introduce you all to Luke and to Sam. So Luke, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. Why don't you tell the listeners a bit more about yourself and plug yourself a bit if that because we do get coaches and scouts that listen to the podcast as well. So the floor is. is yours, Luke. Yeah, so um, yeah, my name's Luke. Uh, I met Hamza and Sam uh, more recently on a trip to Miami with uh, our Gang. UCFB. Um, been coaching for eight years, uh, but recently got back into sort of um, further education uh, and doing a degree. Um, yeah, just so just finished off my first year, and sort of the long-term goal is to sort of get across to the states or Canada and uh, get into the football industry at a more professional academy level. Um, if you want to sort of reach out to me or see what I do, um, my LinkedIn is Luke Perks. Name is on here, um, so P E R K E S, my surname. Yeah, feel free to message, um, chat away, um, talk all things football. So yeah, that's me, really. I'll leave that in the description below as well. So if anyone is listening to this podcast and wants to reach out to Luke personally, um, I've got you covered, Luke. We're all good. That's, that's what we're here for. And Sam, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself that we don't already know already, but I know a lot about you already. So why don't you tell the listeners a bit more about um, yourself as a coach already, Sam? Yeah, so obviously my name's Sam Paintman. I'm a, uh, a full-time worker, but I also do university degree, same as Luke, online. Uh, full time when that's running. I'm a, full, I'm a football coach alongside that, so I coach at for a men's team called Leighton Town at Step Five in the Spartan South Minster Premier Division. Um, I've been coaching since I was about 16, so kind of looking to go through all my coaching badges. I'm going to be doing my UFB license as of this year, um, so looking to go through the football pyramid as such. I'm not sure currently which way I'm going to do it, but I'm trying to take the steps to get there. So whether I go into an academy route or whether I continue through uh, semi-professional football, I'll continue to get my badges along the way and gain the experience like I'm getting through through the university degree. So anything coaching related, anything football related, you know my name. So you can hit me up on any of the different social media sites. Uh, Hamza's probably got me covered. So Yeah, you know I do. It's what it is, Sam. But now I'm looking forward to seeing where our journeys take us after only meeting a couple months ago as well. And the fact that we're all kind of at that kind of age where we're like, you know what, we are, we are pushing forward to be a bit more interactive in coaching. This is a way that I've kind of benefited from in terms of inviting different coaches onto the podcast and chatting football with them as well, because you get to hear it all the time from different people's fans, but from a coaching perspective as well. And you two both being Chelsea fans, I thought it was a great opportunity to get you guys both on uh, for a conversation about Chelsea and how you think Thomas Tuchel should be lining up his team uh, this coming season as well. So thank you both for your introductions. Let's get into it, shall we? Right, first things first. There is something that I'm not sure about because I want to kind of ask you guys about it. How have Chelsea not signed anyone yet this season? Because I'm just kind of there, like, of all the top six teams that need a rebuild, Man United are one and Chelsea are another. But Chelsea normally do the business quite early every summer, uh, I would say. But Luke, let me just hear your thoughts on why do you think Chelsea haven't signed anyone as of yet this season and uh, what's kind of going wrong? Was it more the ownership, the manager? What would you have to say about 
I think it's maybe sort of Tuchel's strategy, I think. Um, I don't think we're in a position where we need to massively rebuild. Um, you know, we've obviously, obviously, as Sam will probably highlight as well, um, we've got, I think we've got the right players um, for sort of Tuchel's system. It's sort of just fine-tuning exactly those players um, and, and what we need and sort of elevate them to Tuchel's standard and how Chelsea need to play. Um, so obviously, like the back end of last season, we were sort of getting numerous chances. We weren't just putting the ball in the back of the net. Um, and it's sort of having those players like, you know, the, the Werners or the Havertz, who are talented players and can put the ball back in the back of that like they did in Germany. Um, one reason or another, they weren't doing it um, in the UK for us. Um, so I know he's probably got his his, his players, his targets, um, but I don't think we're in a massive rush to bring in the wrong player and sort of overspend or buy a player that we don't necessarily need, um, even though the, the fan base might want them. So... Um, compared to other teams who are doing their business early and sort of buying more than one player at, work, at, at this sort of early stage on the transfer window. Um, oh yeah, I mean, for myself as, as a Chelsea fan, I'm, I'm not panicking. Um, I know we'll probably allude to later on in, in, in this episode, but um, I've got, you know, Chelsea got players coming back into the fold who are, who are low knees last season coming back in, um, which I think will sort of fill the void for what uh, Chelsea and Tuchel needs itself. So, yeah, yeah. no rush, but... Um, I'm sure we'll make a few signings as it goes on. Yeah, it'll, it'll be something where, again, Sam will allude to this as well, the fact that you've lost Rudiger this summer, you're looking likely to lose, lose Azpilicueta and maybe even uh, Christensen as well, this he's summer gone. as well. He's, yeah, he's gone on a free transfer as well. Rudiger just got confirmed by Real Madrid this week. So, Sam, I just kind of wanted to know, with three centre-backs leaving this summer, with the centre-backs you already have, do you think they are good enough to replace them straight away or do you really believe that there needs to be one or two key signings in that centre-back position um, for Chelsea, Sam? Well, the first thing we got to highlight is that Thiago Silva is probably our best centre-back now and he's nearly 40 years old. So I think there's going to be a strong uh, centre trying to replace Rudy firstly, but then give someone with the legs around uh, with the legs around Silva maybe to come through. So you've got the likes of Chalabar coming through who... Whilst he had a good season last year, it's, I don't think it's fair to expect him to be of the high-class standard to go and win a league that's needed. When you think about City and Liverpool's recruitment, the players that they're bringing in can come straight into their team. So I think Chelsea need to be looking down that route in terms of a centre-back. So obviously we're after Jules Koundé from uh, Sevilla currently. Um, Tarek to be a good signing, but really unproven because he hasn't played in the Premier League and obviously he's played for Sevilla. Now, obviously, he's had that experience in the in Champions League, Europa League. And in the national uh, team for France as well. And, and the national team, of course. Um, so that's always a good sign. But I, I really feel like when you come to the Premier League, you really don't know what you're going to get from these players. So it's one of those, I, I think we do need to strengthen. Uh, we need to strengthen, especially up front and at the back. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if you change formation because you lose three centre-backs in Aspilicueta, possibly Rudiger and uh, Christensen. Are you going to continue to play three at the back? We don't have that, that many numbers. We've already lost Tamori through some bad bad judgment there from the club. Um, and we don't have buyback clause on a player like that where, who would be perfect in that system. So we may see a change of formation to a back four. It'd be quite interesting to see, but I think the difficulty is it's a saturated market in terms of how many world-class players there are. When you think of world-class centre-backs, the players you probably think of are going to be like to Sergio Ramos, who is getting to the, towards the end of his career now, went to PSG on a free, didn't play as much as he probably would have liked. So where are you getting a world-class centre-back from that hasn't already been signed by the likes of Liverpool, by the likes of Real Madrid, by the likes of 
Man City. And it's going to be tough to, to buy that. But from Chelsea perspective, when I don't really think we've got the best transfer policies and we don't we don't necessarily buy all the best players sometimes. But some of the best players that we have bought, I think back to Gary Cahill was a £7 million signing, already played, already proven in the Premier League. And he came into a system that was suited to him. So maybe we need to go down that route when we're looking to buy players. No, that's fantastic, Sam. Thanks for explaining it in that way because that's just where we're going to start from because we know you don't need a replacement keeper. Mendy's fantastic as it has been those first two seasons for Mag- uh, for Chelsea Football Club and Man United. Um, so you used to speak about Man United too much on this podcast with me. Um, but no, let's start from the back in terms of recruitment for Chelsea because Rhys James looks like it's going to be a mainstay at right wing back next season as well. He's quite happy to be a right back, I would say, at the same time going forward. Um but if you had to choose three centre-backs to go for for Chelsea this summer, Luke and Sam, who would you go for? Because I'm kind of I'm kind of looking at uh, Skriniar from Inter Milan. I think it would be a marquee signing that you would need to get in. Maybe someone who's left-footed as a centre-back, maybe someone like Kim Pembe from PSG. So if he is someone that you think you can actually prize him away from PSG, or he has that relationship with Tuchel and with Thiago Silva as well. And even if you're looking at, um, if you're looking in the Premier League, Someone like Esri Concer, someone like Max Kilman, maybe as another backup centre-back option as well. I think they'd, they'd do a decent job, actually, at uh, Chelsea. Like you said, Premier League proven, Sam. Someone who's actually done that against bigger teams as well. Mohamed Salisu as well from Southampton. That would be a good shout I would like to see at Stamford Bridge. I wouldn't really like to see him at Stamford Bridge because he's a good defender. <laughs> but I think he'd be a decent player. But that's my first opinion. That's objectively from a... Man United point of view, but Luke, let's hear your thoughts. Who do you think we should get as a centre-back? I know um, Sam alluded to on uh, Jules Kunde. Um, he was a player that was already rumoured to join us in January. Uh, we had a couple of bids rejected in January for him, so I think he'll be one player that um, you know I would like to see Chelsea bring in. Um, I know from a virtual perspective, he's, you know, with the game football manager, um, he's one of those players that come, he came through the game quite early on, so he's already been for, for foot manager players, a lot of people should know his name because he comes through and becomes quite good in the game, which is normally a, a platform for a lot of clubs nowadays that they use in sort of highlighting uh, these these players coming through. Um, in terms of who's already at the club, um, I think we've already got a very good young player in Levi Colwell, um, who was at Huddersfield last season, helped them get promoted to Premier League, um, sorry, get into the playoffs. So I'd like to see them using the, the youth um, I know Sam mentioned Tomori's name was a player that was obviously in our system a couple of years back didn't necessarily get the chance that he probably deserved and uh, was obviously cast aside to Milan where he's now probably one of their main players um, in their start of 11 uh, so Colbo would be say the second signing for you if you class it as a signing and maybe even bring it back the likes of like Ethan Ampadu is another one um, who came in as a, as a 16 year old from Exeter City uh, had numerous loan spells like the majority of Chelsea's um, team at the minute, he was at Venezia last season, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. a mainstay in uh, Wales's uh, national team as well, who um, get them uh, to the World Cup. So, I think sort of balancing out the the youth with the experience. Obviously, Tiger Silva's still there for another season. Um, so and obviously, he's you know been around for years and will be a sort of a key player and sort of blending these younger players into the standard of what Chelsea should be. Um, at the back, so yeah, Kunde, Colwell, and um, Ampadu would be my three. Um, if we did have to sort of sign an extra one, Compende uh, would probably be um, a good shout. Obviously, as you mentioned, Hamza, that relationship with Tuchel already at PSG, uh, a mainstay in the French national team as well, and obviously uh, a left which would benefit the left-hand side and that um, uh, that gap, which has been voided um, from our departures already. So, yeah, those three or four. I like 
I like that approach because you're going through the academy and you're going through some of the players that, who are who have been on loan spells as well. And we don't really get that from a lot of Chelsea fans now in terms of the fact that they want to always buy, buy, buy like they've used to buy previously as well, but actually bringing some of their players through that have done really well on their loan spells. So seeing Ampadu um, after what, four or five loans has been it's done really well to get into that. Um, all these big, massive sign-ins and, you know, these next well-beers that come through, you don't necessarily always need to spend the money to have, you know, the, the best team Mm. So it's always good to use what you've already got within the club and what's there in front of you. So Definitely. No, good reasons for that as well. Sam, let's hear your thoughts. Anyone that you think should be a replacement for Rudy Gerfas, Liquetta, bringing in someone with experience maybe, Sam? Let's, let's hear your thoughts. Well, firstly, I don't think I'd want to play a back three if I was coaching it. Um, I think it's been proven. I, I mean, obviously, Chelsea won their league with a back three under Conte, but how many years ago was that now? Five, six seasons? Yeah, um, and and it, it doesn't transcend into into the Premier League very well because it's very defensive formations. So it would, I'd be picking a back four um, and I would probably, big games I'd be playing Thiago Silva. I'd be looking to bring through someone like Chalabar, like Colwell, um, as as Luke's, as Luke's mentioned. Obviously, Ampadu can play both midfield, both defence as well. So that would help in terms of squad depth. Um, Chelsea have been linked with multiple centre-backs, as you can imagine, losing players. So we've been linked with players like Marquinhos, Kimpembe, uh, Skriniar, Matisse de Litt. Uh, Gvardiol from um, Leipzig, players like that, Koulibaly on a free. So I think Chelsea are going to be trying to be a bit more stringent with the money. I know we've got money to, to spend, but I don't think they're going to be going out and spending 150 million on three centre-backs. Um, so really, if I had a choice, I'd go for someone like a, like a Marquinhos, who's played, uh, again, like, like Thiago Silva and Kimpembe. They've both played at uh, PSG under Tuchel. Very experienced, again. A lot of and and Marquinhos is still young enough to to be at Chelsea for a few years. I, I wouldn't really want to be getting someone like Bali who's in his thirties now, um, just for the sake of a free transfer. If we're going to pay some money, we're going to get Kounde anyway. So I would have thought it would be something like Kounde, Silva, and if you went for a back three, maybe one more. Uh, the likes of Chalabar might play, but then ultimately, it's like I said previously. I don't think there are that many world-class elite centre-backs, and if there are, they're Van Dijk, they're Laporte, Diaz, who are already at, um, opposing clubs in the Premier League. So that's my thoughts on that. That's all right, because I would I would have thought like someone like Scrinia, someone like Koulibaly with that. Um, oh, they're oh, they're on the cusp of being like world-class players that we've seen before as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, at smaller nations, but not really Koulibaly. Obviously, winning the Afcon this year as well, which would have been great for him to move to the Premier League and try a different challenge as well, moving from Syria over to um, over to England as well, which would have been good. But you mentioned the centre-back from uh, RB Leipzig, Gav- uh, what's his name? Gavardio. Gavardio, yeah. The yeah. Croatian defender as well, because he can also play left-back as well, which yeah. would have been a good shout to have him as a versatile type of uh, defender as well. Do you guys think you need another left-back with Chilwo, who is out season? Alonso looking at maybe leaving as well, Emerson coming back from his loan. Do you reckon you need someone else at left-back, um, Luke? I don't think it's necessarily a, a must-buy this season. Mm. Uh, for, for one reason or another, Tuchel actually likes Alonso. I think he plays... I know Chilwood was injured at the nor for the back end of the season um, and Alonso had to fill in. Um, but if he does go for a back four, um, he's quite comfortable in putting Alonso there because I think Alonso's got to the point now where he's a bit too old to do his wing-back role like he was um, under Conte, which he was very successful in. Um, but, yeah, I think Alonso can be more of a, like a backup. Um, and if Emerson stays, he's it could be the second or third choice. Um, obviously, with Chilwell being our our first um, 
first um, first name on the team sheet in our left back position. So, but I think rumours again have been flying around. You know, I don't know how true it is or anything, but that Luke Thomas from uh, from Leicester as well. Oh, okay, go yeah. back to Leicester for shopping. Yeah, I think his name's been um, dropped in a few times, but I don't know how concrete that sort of uh, rumours are. But yeah, I think left backs and right back. I think we're pretty much covered. Um, if you've mentioned the right and back side, we've got Chalaba who can sort of fill in on that side anyway. And yep. also Alang Saar, who you can fit at the left back. If oh, yeah. Still in the uh, squad as well. Well, so, yeah, I think it's more centre backs than, than full backs for us um, this time, I believe. Nicely done, nicely done. Now we're moving on to the nitty gritty part of the, the team. This is what I'm kind of looking forward to because I want to ask you guys the age old question of you've had a, a young player go out on loan this, um, this season who's had a fantastic season, got into the England squad. Does he get back into the Chelsea team, Conor Gallagher? What, what are you thinking, Sam? What do you reckon? Do you reckon he's actually good enough? Or do you reckon another loan spell or maybe time to sell him? What do you think? Listen, I think that he'll get given a chance, firstly, in, in the Chelsea team. I think Tuchel's already had those conversations with him. And I don't think that he would accept another loan move because he's had such a good season um, off the cuff. Um, after going to Crystal Palace, and he's obviously got himself into the England squad, as you said. Me personally, if I'm playing a back four, I want three midfielders, two wide players, and a striker. I want to play a four-three-three variation, maybe a four-two-three-one, and I would definitely have Conor Gallagher as one of those midfielders. I think his tireless energy would be perfect. Kante cannot play every game anymore; his legs won't hold out. Although he's still a world-class player, and his injuries that he's had as well, he doesn't get to recover exactly. enough in time because you always his... rush. He's always rushed back from injury, which I never like about N'Golo Kante, but. That's the kind of guy, kind of guy he is. He always wants to come back and get back into the team as soon as possible to help the team. So Gallagher and Kante in the midfield, that's literally like a... And Kovacic, don't forget Kovacic, what a player. And Kovacic as well. It needs to be done. Um, but yeah, Conor Gallagher, you'd look at keeping him. I'd look to keep him if I was a Chelsea fan as well. Fantastic player. Did really well as a box-to-box player as well. But another player that went out on loan last summer as well, Luke, um, spent a whole season in the Premier League, unfortunately got relegated but still played a lot in his national team for Scotland, Billy Gilmore. What's your thoughts on Billy Gilmore, Luke? Do you reckon uh, you should keep him, another loan, maybe sell him? What do you think? Uh, I think we need to loan him out. Um, I think he needs to be loaned out to a club which suits Chelsea's style of play. Uh, Norwich was the wrong move for him entirely. Um, they're a very defensive team, uh, whereas Gilmore likes to be on the ball and likes to be playing. Um, whereas last season, he was just sort of stuck behind the ball the whole game. And when he did get the ball back, he'd, he'd lose it within seconds just because... You know, teams are that playing that higher press against Norwich, so I think he needs to sort of either get a move to another club in the Premier League. Um, you know, maybe like a Crystal Palace might be, you know, might suit him. You know, he can sort of fill that Gallagher void, which mm. they will um, inevitably lose, or even drop down to the Championship and sort of find his feet at a club who's who's vying for promotion. Um, but yeah, give him give him another season, I think, and if it you know turn on that season he has. Then I think they should reassess and go from there. But yeah, definitely not sell him. But he's not nowhere near our first team at the minute. I don't think. I'd send him to like a Europa League team somewhere in Germany or Austria, Switzerland maybe as well, where they are focused on more technical play as well. I think that would be a really good step for Billy Gilmore's development as well. Maybe not suiting the Chelsea style of play, but suiting his style of play, the yeah. way that he likes to keep on the ball, the way they like to keep um, possession a lot more as well which would be really good. And if he gets that European experience of playing in big games as well, that would be a very big benefit to Chelsea going forward in, um, for Billy Gilmore as well. That's mostly my opinion on what I think Billy Gilmore would go on. You see the, uh, a lot of these younger players now going from the UK into Germany hmm. and that success. Um, you know, loads of younger 
English players that people don't might not have heard of have now gone across and uh, performed well and then got moves back to England. So, you know, as you mentioned, that might be an option for them to go abroad. You know, like like Ampadu sort of experienced that sort of different style of play and um, different opportunities. So, yeah, that could be also an option for him as well. It elevates their football intelligence as well. Working in different countries, working with different nationalities as well, makes it so much easier for them to grow at such a young age as well, which would be great. But now we're on to the rest of the midfield. We've got like the likes of Jorginho, Mason Mount, Kovacic, all kind of looking like they're going to kind of stay. Um, but Sam, I wanted to kind of ask you, there's that age-old question of Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Does he stay? Does he go? Is he going to actually go on another loan? Do you reckon he could be used as like a, uh, a make-weight for like a deal to someone in Italy or to Spain if you were to sign anyone? What do you think, Sam? This is a difficult one for me because I've been going on about how good Luke Ruben Loftus-Cheek is since he was 16 and he was absolutely destroying people at that age group and, and coming through. Obviously, he had that one good season with Crystal Palace, came back and then started really well under Mauricio Sarri and then got his a bad injury, which is, seems to have curtailed his development. To be honest, I, I don't see him getting in our team. So if you're not going to get in your team and you're not going to be making a massive impact, which from a statistical point of view anyway, he hasn't done, what's the point in keeping a player? We we spent however much on Ross Barkley, kept him around and he's just taken up wage space and a, a squad space for someone that could possibly develop. Danny Drinkwater um, as well. He finally got released Drinkwater, after that you know, we're, we're We're a club that seems to to do that. We, we sort of panic by sometimes, which you know, I've alluded to already. Our recruitment isn't fantastic. Um, it pains me to say it because he's another youth player that's come through and I thought he'd do really well, but I, I think I would get rid of him. Luke, any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a shame as well because just like Sam, I, I do really like Ruben Loftus Cheek. Like last season, um, it was one of the sort of bright sparks on midfield when other players were underperforming. You know, he'd come on and sort of, there must have been a couple of games where he, he just ran through the opposition, you know, and that's mm. sort of the, the, the Loftus Cheek of old and what was maybe expected of him maybe a few years ago. But yeah, he's, he's had not a good, he's, he's not had great sort of success in terms of his injuries and. You know, different managers coming in and a different style of the play, which doesn't suit him. So, yeah, I think either a low move or uh, to be sold this summer would probably be more beneficial to him, I think, which would be a shame because, you know, he's a, he's a fan favourite, I think, to a lot of Chelsea fans that I've seen him grow um, within the team. Yeah, absolutely. I think you do really well at a newly promoted side, um, especially at Nottingham Forest as well with the way that they play. He can play in a number of positions across the midfield, which is fantastic to see as well. And I think you'd get that beneficial game time for his career more than anything. Can't forget as well, what, four or five years ago, he was in the England squad um, in Russia for the 2018 World Cup as well. And you've just seen so many midfielders just passing by in terms of his development as well. So he's had his injuries, he's had his ups and downs, but I think it's really time for him to move on permanently from my point of view as well to kind of see Ruben Loftus-Cheek develop going forward as well, which should be great. And speaking of great, we're going on to the attacking players now as well, which will be great fun because you've had a lot of attacking players go into your team and out your team um, last summer in terms of who's actually been on form, who's been out of form as well. The likes of Timo Werner, Hakim Ziyech, Christian Pulisic. People are suggesting that they may end up leaving. They could end up going to different clubs. They may stay for another season or two. Um, before we move on to Romelu Lukaku, obviously, I just want to know your thoughts on these kind of attacking players for yourself, Sam, and Luke as well. So, Sam, we'll start with you. Out of Werner, Ziyech and Pulisic, out of the three of them, who do you think is more viable to stay? Who do you think is going to be the one to get, uh, that you get rid of if you had to get rid of one? I, can I get rid of all of them? Um, That's what I wanted I to know. I, I needed to know that. I wasn't sure if there was like a fan favourite from you guys as well. <laughs> nah. Nah. Look, I think, I think that you get the funny sort of 
lineups that people do. Christian Pulisic during the COVID period, during lockdown, when there were no fans, he was one of the bright sparks of the Chelsea team. I remember a game distinctive again, distinctively against Liverpool where he absolutely tore them apart. It was like watching Prime Hazard, but these one-off games aren't good enough. Now, the thing is with him, he's young and he has got a lot of potential. He's worked with Tuchel before. So if I had to keep any of them, I'd keep him. The the style of play for Werner in, in the Premier League, I, I don't see it suiting him. He needs space in behind. And when you've got so many teams fighting for to stay up, to not get relegated, they're just going to sit men behind the ball. And Werner, unfortunately, that that isn't what he's good at. He needs space in behind to, to use his pace. Because um, don't get me wrong, he's, he is actually a good finisher when he's got time to think about these things. But unfortunately, he, it hasn't hasn't hit the ground running for Chelsea. And to be honest, I don't really understand the signing of Hakim Ziyech because the the game, he, to me, he's like a poor man's Mares, how I would put it. Like he, he can do all the same things, but he doesn't do it nearly as often. We call um, him a Shisha Mares once upon a time on our podcast as well. <laughs> Literally, Hakim Ziyech is a Shisha Mares. We've got some, so, yeah, so we got, we got some death threats from Morocco about that. So we don't really <laughs> need to... And uh, mention that again, but no, literally, it's just like you said. Hakim Ziyech is a Hakim Ziyech is like a one one in four type player as well. Mm. And the one in four, he will be the one where neutral fans like me will be like, "Oh wow, he's done really good against like Tottenham. He scored a great goal." And you'll see it on social media everywhere. But people who know the game as well will be like, "Yeah, he's okay, but he's okay on occasions." And Chelsea fans like yourself as well, Sam, you'll be there saying it doesn't do it in the big games or even in the small games for us as often as well. So I can understand if you were to get rid of him. If you were looking at any attacking players, Sam, to replace the likes of Ziyech or to like get, get rid of um, Timo Werner as well, obviously moving to like the wingers and the attacking midfielders and stuff, who would you want to get in if you could pick one player um, that you're linked with? Or not linked with? Look, yeah, not linked with. That's a tough one. I mean, we're obviously after there's been Dembele on a free. I had a, an interesting conversation at work today about him uh, from, with a Barcelona fan and he was saying he, he's never fit. Um, so it's not worth the money that you'd be given for him. I know it's a free, it'd be a free, but obviously you have to pay the wages. Now, for me, we need someone with pace and a bit of trickery, so Dembele might be a good option. Hudson-Odoi isn't really cutting it, hasn't done anything since he's been given a massive wage rise. We're obviously playing Mason Mount out wide currently to to fill a gap, um, and that's not necessarily his best position. Um, someone like, I mean, Sadio Mane would have been a good option because he's obviously going to go to Bayern Munich now for a a nominal fee of like thirty-five million pounds. What what a signing that would be! Absolute know, bargain in this player. day and age as well. Exactly, and my thoughts. Um, Sterling's obviously always being touted going. These players that are proven winners already. I don't understand why we wouldn't be into them. Um, I would take Raheem Sterling in a heartbeat, personally. If, if, it, if it was the likes of Julian Alvarez and um, Jesus and Haaland that are going to be at Man City and they're going to be taking his positions and there's not going to be guaranteed game time that we've seen Raheem Sterling take, especially in a World Cup year as well. I'd take a gamble mm. on 50, 60 million for Raheem Sterling. Fantastic. Mares as well. I'd mm. take Mares as well. Someone like, obviously, I'm looking at players that have already done it uh, from that perspective in terms of players coming through the systems, coming up. It, it's, it's a tough one. Obviously, Perisic has already gone to Tottenham, so that doesn't help. And he, he, again, we were touted to go after him. Um, Christopher Nkunku would be one player that I would say really stands out at the minute. His stats for RB Leipzig were fantastic. He's he would be incredible in the Premier League. I've state. always wanted him at Man United since I saw him leave for RB Leipzig. Fantastic player to watch. Such a joyous player. Quite Kind of a throwback as well because he can play all across the, the middle mm. like an attacking midfielder, a centre forward or a number nine even sometimes as well, which is great to see. So in the system that Tuchel does play, he could actually play as like a withdrawn forward as well. As a truck batista, which would be really good. Um, 
But yeah, Nkunku, like you said, Sterling. Would you take Gabriel Jesus if the option no. is there? No. No. Why not? Luke? Yeah, I do this one, yeah. yeah I'll, take it, take it. I don't think he's clinical enough. I think he's a similar version of, of Werner. Mm. He gets opportunities to score in front of goal and just doesn't put them away. Um, obviously, when Aguero left City and they had that uh, boy to fill, yeah, he was given numerous chances and he just wouldn't, he wasn't taking them. So they ended up playing Sterling or Mares or De Bruyne in that role. Um, so I think he would just be um, a similar player to Werner or whoever's been in our front three all season. Because um, the stats for our front three and scoring goals have, have been very poor. Um, you know, it, it goes to show when our top goal scorer is our midfielder. So um, I think Jesus in there wouldn't, yeah. Even though the fee would still be around, what, 35 million, I think? Between 30 yeah. and 40 million? 35, 40 million or so. I'd rather spend an extra 15, 20 million on someone else who's a bit more proven um, and, would, and would do a better job, I think. So, yeah. Would you go for someone like Richarlison? Do you reckon he'd be someone that you could go for? Nah. Pedro Neto, maybe. Yeah, it'd, it'd, be, it'd be that nasty sort of striker that we've missed. You know, it'd be mm. like Diego Costa sort of esque in terms of bullying players and getting people's heads, but. Yeah, even They're a rare breed now, aren't they, Luke? You barely see them in the Premier League, unfortunately. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, if 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 I mean, if a Charleston has scored fifteen to twenty goals in the Premier League, then maybe that would be yeah, an option. But he's not scored. I think he's scored maybe less than ten goals the last season for Everton. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, it would win you free kicks and get people sent off, maybe. But in terms of goal scorers, um, I don't think he would. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have Havertz there and trying to get them building the play for someone else to score goals. But definitely. And Havertz was a bright spark for you guys last season. He did set into English football properly last season. It was good to see um, a better version of Kai Havertz as well. Hopefully we'll get to see that um, this coming season as well from a neutral point of view. It's always good to see players playing to their full potential. Um, unfortunately, someone who hasn't played to his full potential last season was Romelu Lukaku, who I'm a big fan of. I've, I've always kind of liked him. I like the fact that he's a bit different. He does have a bit of a, a way about him as well. He wasn't one of our better players at Man United, but he did have a really good first season, scoring 25 goals plus for us as well. Um, it's just one of those things that obviously he doesn't want to be at Chelsea Football Club um, going forward. If you do get a loan spell away for him to go to Inter Milan, it'll be fantastic. It'll be better for the club. The harmony will be there as well. There are talks of Robert Lewandowski. There are talks of um, keeping Brogia again for the season ahead going forward. Luke, let's hear your thoughts. Do you reckon Brogia is good enough to replace Romelu Lukaku in that first team? Um, I think Brogia will probably be like a Tammy Abraham in when Frank Lampard took over. Uh, we yep. had that transfer ban. So I think Brogia with the right system and the right players around him can get you 15 goals at least in the Premier League. Um, yes, he's not a mainstay. He's not you know, a big name, but he's, he's, a, he's a tall figure. Um, he's, he's a target man. He gives you a different angle in terms of how we want to play. Um, and I think when he played for Southampton last season, you know, he caused, him a, lot of, he caused a lot of problems with other teams. Uh, when he when he's in the game, so I wouldn't mind keeping him. Uh, he'd be a different option. Um, obviously, he might not play every single game, but um, I think he's talented enough, um, and with the right sort of confidence from the manager and who who gets around him, I, I think he would do a, a solid job for us in the Premier League. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching him last season as well. He, he tormented Man United at Old Trafford as well, which was really good to see for a young player. Had that tenacity about him as well going forward and especially in that Southampton time, that like kind of veered off to the end of the season into the relegation battle as well. It's good to see him getting a lot of game time and really showing it um, about him for the season coming ahead as well. Sam, Romelu Lukaku, talk to me. What's your thoughts on him? If we can get any of the money back that we pay for him, we've got to do it. <laughs> it's not because he's not... It's not, well, look, it's not because he's not a goal scorer. He's proven he scores goals. He's scored loads of goals for every team that he's gone to except Chelsea. 
and when he first started for us in the start of the season, he looked slim, he looked up for it, you know, he destroyed Arsenal. Um, and he got injured and after that, he hasn't done anything, really. Um, from my perspective, you need someone that can fit into any kind of style. And he feels, he came out and openly said he feels that Chelsea style didn't suit him. But I remember multiple games where he, I mean, the cup final against Liverpool, we had a free header. And he's he's a striker. He's worth eighty million pounds, and he can't even hit the barn door with banjo. So, you can't. We can't be keeping players like that. We need players now that are going to win us trophies, and compete with the, the likes of Liverpool and Manchester City, uh, Real Madrid on the on the global stage, etc. For me, that would be Lewandowski. You've got to get him. You know, he doesn't want to be at Bayern. He's got one year left in his contract. We've got to go out and get him. Pay the whatever we need to pay for, and keep Armando Brozier. And, and get him to learn from the likes of Lewandowski. Brodger will play plenty of games, even if he was a backup striker, because we'll be playing 50-odd games anyway. And you've got um, the five subs as well for next exactly. season. Um, but Lukaku, for me, unfortunately, I don't think we have the time to give him to 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 build a team around him, which is essentially what he wants. Um, we've also still got Havertz, as Luke's already alluded to. It's not like Havertz has, has been terrible for us. He's been a massive part of the success that we have still had, despite the fact that um, we haven't won the league in, in so long. Um, but if, we if, you were to, if you were to change your formation, like you said, if it is a change of system for next season, can you see Kai Havertz playing as your number nine, as as the focal striker? Do you reckon that could happen? Uh, if we don't buy anyone, absolutely. We haven't got any other options. We're not going to play. He's not going to play Lukaku ahead of him. Hmm. Um, at least the one thing with Lukaku, uh, Lukaku with Havertz is that he brings other players into the game. Um, which is, again, what Luke said earlier, he, he, you can build off him. Lukaku can't control the ball. It bounces off him. So unless you can either find a way to get Lukaku in the team and motivate it to play for the team, or you buy someone else, then it'll be Havertz. Fantastic. Now, nice to hear that from you guys as well. Because for me personally, Robert Lewandowski, I do not want him to go to Chelsea because I feel like he'd be the guy that would actually break your striker's curse of all these strikers that you get all the time and you you don't they don't tend to play well, they don't play to their strengths at Chelsea, the Maratas, the Werners, the Fernando Torreses, but having a bagsman like Robert Lewandowski, who should have been that proven Ballon d'Or winner in 2020 when it was cancelled, obviously, because of COVID-19, I think he would be a joy to watch in the Premier League, but I do not want to see him um, at Chelsea from for a Man United point of view, but objectively, he'd be sick to watch um, in that team as well. Having the likes of Mount behind him, Havertz behind him as well, playing with that freedom and that creativity in the Premier League, Robert Lewandowski would do it every day of the week. So if Robert Lewandowski was that replacement for Romelu Lukaku, I think it would be great. I think it would be fantastic to see that as well. But it should be great. Um, but yeah, that kind of rounds up our little chat about Chelsea um, going forward as well. So hopefully by the end of August, we'll have a little review of who you actually did sign and who you didn't sign as well. If Co-Will, Co-Will will actually come into the team as well, if Alonso does stay at Chelsea as well. So Luke and Sam, thank you very much for that as well. Just before we wrap up the podcast, I just uh, just did want to ask both of you guys as well in terms of um, the summer coming ahead as well. What you guys are kind of planning in terms of with your coaching, in terms of your further development as well. For our listeners as well, who are a lot of like younger coaches or starting out in scouting as well, um, what kind of advice could you each give them? If you had to give them one piece of advice um, in terms of starting a new journey in scouting or coaching or different types of football development, whatever it is, what would it be and why? So Sam, I'll start with you actually. 
Uh, well, I think one thing we can all take away from the trip that we had to Miami is, is the networking side of things. Constantly be looking to meet new people, talking to new people, getting your name out there. You know, it, it, it's not necessarily going to give you an opportunity straight away, but as long as people know who you are and then that you're willing to put in the hard work, um, and that's another thing, go out there and put yourself out there. Voluntary work is the way forward. It's the only way you're going to get involved in football. Uh, you don't just get given a job straight away, unfortunately, because, it, again, it's such a, a, a diluted market in terms of high-profile jobs. So my advice, having been doing this since I was, you know, 14 years old and I'm now 27, is just keep working hard, keep putting yourself out there. You know, don't get dissuaded if things aren't going your way. You know, I had to wait nine years to get my UEFA-B licence and it, and I'm still going. So the point really is just to continue working hard and make sure that people know who you are. And Luke would be able to allude to that because he's got so many great experiences of that too. Go on, Luke, allude to that. Um, yeah, so sort of, yeah, just sort of what I'm planning for the summer and for the rest of 2022. Um, pre-season already started from the team that I manage here in Cornwall, um, some reserves. Um, so sort of busy that every week before the season starts in August. Um, I've applied my UEFA C license to start in September. Um, which I've you know that I've been waiting to do for years because of one because of COVID and two sort of just planning what exactly I want to be doing. Uh, so it took a while to sort of figure out what I wanted to do, but uh, hopefully get on that course for um, September. But um, in terms of the sort of advice for any young or even older people uh, who are looking to get into coaching or or anything in terms of the sport industry is, I think uh, to be patient. Um, you know, even me and Sam are both 26, 27, uh, but we're only really starting our journeys now. Um, yeah, the networking event was really useful and, and uh, it gave an insight of what we can achieve um, but it's not expected to happen overnight um, I think the use of LinkedIn is very important um, I use LinkedIn more than any of my other social medias uh, that I use now um, on there every day just connecting with people um, all over the world who are, who are in football teams scouting, um, academy setups coaches, uh, director of coaching roles and just sort of dipping in and out of conversation with people um, and just sort of putting feelers out for conversation, um, opportunities, any advice. Um, you know, I've been in regular contact with about maybe four or five different people um, in similar roles or roles that I would like to sort of um, look at for moving forward. So, yeah, just sort of being persistent with it, but also being patient at the same time, I think is two, two key words to take away um, from that. Fantastic. Uh, both great uh, tips and hits for anyone who is actually listening to us. And we do get a lot of uh, people ask us about it as well. So Sam and Luke, thank you very much for going through that with us as well. And thank you both for coming on to the podcast late on this Friday evening, which is the hottest day of the year officially. We're exhausted. We can tell we've all had a long day at work as well. So uh, thank you very much for your time today. Everyone, thank you very much for listening. Do find uh, Sam and Luke's details in the link of the description below. I'll tag them on social media when you have this episode come out, which would be fantastic. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what Chelsea bring next season as well, if they can disrupt uh, Liverpool and Manchester City in the Premier League next season, especially with that dis uh, dis uh, disrupted season in November and December because of the World Cup as well. So it'll be a long season for um, a lot of teams next season, but we'll see how it goes. Luke and Sam, thank you very much for your time. Everyone, thank you very thank much you. for listening. Oh, you're very welcome. Take care and goodbye.